News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. How does a Christian's decision on who to vote for potentially affect their theological views? Is there a race, a real race for Texas House Speaker going on? And what's going to happen today, Election Day? This is what we're going to talk about on this week's Luke Messiah Show. So welcome. Welcome today. Um, guys, we're going to break down a couple things. First and foremost, Tony Tinderholt, State Representative Tony Tinderholt from Tarrant County has announced that he is running for Speaker of the Texas House. This is incredible news for conservatives, and you should all be excited to hear um, that we actually have a conservative leader stepping up and saying, hey, we need real conservative Republican leadership in the legislature. I'll read you what Tony said when he announced uh, on Friday his campaign. He said, will the priority legislation of the Republican Party of Texas receive a vote on the Texas House floor? The truth is we have no idea with our current speaker in control. In fact, most Republicans will tell you that they fully expect many important Republican policies to die at the hands of liberal committee chairs appointed by Speaker Feeling. Over 80% of Texas GOP voters have asked the legislature to pass a rule ending the practice of handing over significant power to Democrats through committee chairmanships, a rule which Phelan has continued to oppose. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. This is incredible news. Somebody who is actually saying that we should have votes on Republican priority legislation, somebody who is saying we should respect the will of voters. Tony Tinderholt is a long friend. I've known him since he jumped into Texas politics back in 2013. And those who have followed his legislative career know that he's one of the most conservative leaders in the Texas House, is incredibly respected, and has stepped up uh, for this task. So that is huge news. And over the next several weeks, because this is election day, and once the elections happen, and we'll get into that in a second, but once the elections happen, we will immediately begin asking ourselves the question, how are we going to govern with the power we have been given? How are we as Republicans going to govern with the power we've been given? And this is the question Tony Tinderhold is also asking in his campaign for speaker. Dade Phelan has publicly opposed the will of Republican voters, has made fun of Dan Patrick for actually pushing conservative policies and saying that 2023 we should push conservative policies. When Dan Patrick came out and said, hey, our pension fund should not invest in woke corporations, Dade Phelan made fun of him. When Republicans came out and said, we want Democrats to stop being given power in the House, Dade Phelan made fun of them. This is the current leadership. And the question is, are a bunch of state representatives going to endorse that leadership and then come home to you and say, man, I'm so disappointed that we couldn't pass Republican legislation this session. So the next couple months are going to be crucial for those who care about conservative policy. We are grateful that Tony Tinderhold has stepped up to the task and we'll be keeping you apprised of how this campaign goes. Now, Republicans are going to see victories on election day. I actually believe that we are probably set up to have a pretty significant amount of victories. The Defend Texas Liberty Pack released its final election poll yesterday and Brandon Walton's with Texas Scorecard um, sent that out. Defend Texas Liberty, a PAC which I'm involved in, many of you know that, but Defend Texas Liberty uh, does several regular general election polls, and then we do regular Republican primary voter polls as well. But in this poll in particular, we have a situation where um, 
We have Greg Abbott up by 11 points over Beto O'Rourke, 53% of voters choosing Greg Abbott. Um, as their preferred gubernatorial candidate to better work at 42%. Dan Patrick has an eight-point lead, and Ken Paxton has a six-point lead. I will just tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if these numbers get even better by the time all the votes are counted. We'll have to see once it all comes, um, you know, once the once all the votes are counted and the machines have been, you know, double-checked and whatever they're going to do there. Ultimately, we have seen more and more people across the nation come and move and convert to the Republican Party. Independents, are, as they're making their final decisions, are moving back to the Republican Party ultimately in their decision. And what's happening, here's what's interesting. Last legislative session, we passed constitutional carry. We passed a basic total ban on abortion. And everybody's acted like these votes are going to cost Republicans at the ballot. And here's what we're going to realize. They don't cost us. And you know what that means? We can pass Republican priority legislation and still get elected at the ballot box. That is incredible news. Joe Biden is unfavorable. Democrats are seen as radical and Republicans have the opportunity to govern aggressively. In this same poll that had Greg Abbott up by 11, Defend Texas Liberty asked a couple questions, which I think are important. Do you believe it should be illegal for Texas parents to sexually transition their children through permanent puberty blockers and transitionary surgeries? 57% said yes, it should be illegal, and 25% said no. So I want you to understand that this group of voters is only planning on supporting a Republican attorney general by a six-point margin and a Republican governor by an 11-point margin, but they oppose transition surgeries on kids by a 32-point margin. Do you believe a man can become a woman? Which, by the way, we have state policies that encourage that. We have state Medical schools that are teaching doctors how to try to manufacture a woman out of a man. They're teaching them transitionary techniques. We pay for that education. 61% of Texans say a man can't become a woman. 25% of Texans say a man can become a woman. That's scary, by the way. Holy cow. One in four Texas voters thinks a man can become a woman. So you might ask yourself, where do those numbers come from? Mostly Democrats. 51% of Democrats say a man can become a woman. So that is the Democrat party. Should taxpayer money be given to illegal aliens who attend college in Texas? 68% say no. These aren't just Republicans. It's not just the Republicans that are saying stop these policies. It's Texas voters who are asking for the policies. And if Republicans don't push these policies in 2023, you will see that they actually despise even the values of independent voters in the state. Independents want these things to stop, and yet Republicans often don't have the courage to do it. This is why people like Tony Tinderold are running for office. The ultimate conclusion of the poll that was released yesterday is that Republicans are in a good position to have a strong majority in Texas and to be able to govern in a conservative way. I hope that those are the results that we see at 7 p.m. today, and then I hope that Republicans actually learn from that and move forward. So lastly, let's talk about Christian voters. I did an episode on this two years ago when uh, I had an idea, a theory, and I asked several friends to help fund this poll, and they did. And this year, the Defend Texas Liberty uh, PAC did another poll um, with uh, this same 
set of questions and, and issues, and I'm really grateful that they have and what we've learned from it. So most uh, – some of you all have not heard, unless you heard my episode two years ago, you don't have as much context. So I'm going to give you a little bit of an understanding of how our polling process works for Christian voters nationwide. So you will see different stories that are written out there that say Christian voters believe X, okay? Evangelical voters believe X. And what that means is that a poll was conducted on a certain subset of voters. And they said, are you going to vote? Yes. Are you registered? Yes. Are you going to vote? Yes. That's the difference between a registered voter poll and a likely voter poll is, are you going to vote? Not just, are you registered? And then they say, are you a Christian or are you an evangelical? And if they say yes, then that is what makes up the block of Christian voters. So basically we have a polling, uh, system that says that you're a Christian voter if you say you're a Christian voter. That's how it works, okay? So we did things a little differently because I want to know what and and uh I should probably preface this. In fact, I am going to preface this. So let me say this. If you want to know what it takes to be a Christian, okay? If you're a person that is listening to me on a regular basis and you're not a Christian, you probably know at this point I am a Christian. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a believer that he is the son of God, that he came, that there's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that the son died, was buried, and physically resurrected from the grave, defeating death and providing a propitiation for our sins. He was the substitutionary atonement. He's part of the Godhead, and he's the Savior of the world, okay? And I believe that if you are a Christian, you if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. That's a simplification. It's the pure presentation of the gospel. So we don't get super theological every time on this show, but I will just tell you that is what I believe. And so if you asked me, Luke, what is a Christian voter? I would say it is somebody who is going to vote and somebody who believes that believes that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Okay? So that's what I believe a poll of Christian voters would require. So what this poll is, and um, I released this poll on American Reformer, which is a phenomenal publication that has been getting a lot of traction. Uh, a lot of Protestant writings have been coming out. American Reformer started a couple of years ago by some friends. Nate Fisher is one of the founders, and he is one of the initial funders of this poll that was conducted uh, two years ago. But American Reformer was not um, you know, around at the time or as prominent at the time. And so we uh, worked with them on this poll to release it. You can go to AmericanReformer.org if you want to read my full write-up of the poll. But I'm going to give you the top takeaways. Here's what we do. We ask people, are you, are you registered to vote? Are you going to vote? Are you a Christian? And then we ask them, how often do you attend religious services? Okay. And if you attend less than once a month, you're not included in this poll. We, we don't continue to ask you questions. So the difference is that the sample of voters are people that are in the pews next to you if you are a Christian who attends church. Uh, we talk about, the scripture talks about those who forsake the assembly, okay, in describing people who identify as a believer but have decided to not attend any type of service on a regular basis. And I, I had an episode talking about the de-churched or the unchurched Republican primary voters. And so you can go back and listen to that episode if you want to listen to more thoughts on that. But essentially, this poll is people who actually are in church 
next to you when you're in church? What do they believe? And then we ask them who they're going to vote for. And then we ask them political opinions. And then we ask them theological questions. And we extrapolate data from that. So what are some things we learned? We looked at Greg Abbott, Beto O'Rourke, voters in Texas who are in churches. And there are some Catholics, Lutherans, Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, non-denominational, evangelical free, Pentecostal, all of them are in here. So this is just a subset of almost a thousand people in churches who are voting, some of them voting for Greg Abbott, some of them voting for Beto O'Rourke. Okay. It was very hard to get Democrats to take this poll. In fact, when we started asking them theological questions, they dropped two years ago when we would poll. You just take a normal sample set of Democrat voters and you say, hey, if we call this many, we probably will get this many to finish the poll. And it, it was like a fifth of what happened last time. So we had to keep calling Democrats to get enough people to actually fill this out. They really didn't seem to want to give their opinion on theological questions. And um, here are some of the results. So here's a good example of the theological questions we ask. I'm going to run you through them real quick to give you some insights if you don't want to go to AmericanReformer.org and read the entire piece. So we ask who you're voting for, but then we also ask, do you believe that people who reject salvation through Jesus Christ are in danger of eternity in hell? This would be a question that is basically a summation of the gospel, okay? Do you believe what Jesus said very clearly? about who he was. Now, if you're voting for Greg Abbott and you're in a pew, statistically 85% of those said, yes, I believe that. 7% said, no, I don't believe that. Utterly rejected that belief. And 9% said, I don't really know. If you're a Democrat voting for Beto O'Rourke, and you're not necessarily a Democrat. You might be somebody who's not a Democrat, but you're voting for Beto O'Rourke and in a church and you took this poll. 47% of them said, yes, I believe that if you reject salvation through Jesus Christ, you are in danger of eternity in hell. 35% of Beto voters in church said, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Do you believe the Bible is without error, that it is the word of God? 84% of Abbott voters said yes, 9% said no, 7% said I don't really know. Beto voters, 48% said yes, the Bible's without error, 33% said no, the Bible has errors, and 20% said I don't know if the Bible has errors. And then unsurprising, we said, do you believe actively practicing gay and lesbian church members should be allowed to serve in leadership roles in your church? 79% of Greg Abbott's voters said no. 9% said yes, they should be able to. 13% said, I don't really know. And Beto's voters flopped. 63% said yes, they should be able to. 23% said no. 13% said, I don't know. Here's another interesting takeaway from this poll. And it's actually very similar to what we learned two years ago. White voters have the hardest time separating their conservative traditional political beliefs and their conservative traditional orthodox theological beliefs. And black voters have the easiest time doing it. So what do I mean by that? If you ask, do you believe the Bible is without error? The most likely person to say, yes, I believe that are white Republican voters. The least likely to believe that are white Democrat voters, okay? So 39% of white voters that are Democrats say, I believe the Bible's without error. Almost 60% are either like, I don't know, or, uh, you know, 
No. But black Democrat voters, actually, they're the most likely Democrat to say, yeah, the Bible's without error. In fact, more of the Democrat black voters said the Bible's without error than the black Republican voters. So what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things you can take from that. And again, if you want to go read what I said for 1,500 words, you can go to AmericanReformer.org. But if you look at this, you kind of understand that for a black voter, black churches, these people have been voting Democrat for a long time. It doesn't necessitate. It doesn't necessarily mean that this person has softened on their theological beliefs on believing things that we would even say are essential to salvation, like Jesus is essential to salvation. Belief in Jesus Christ is essential to salvation. Now, the reason we ask a lot of these questions is because there's a general argument that a lot of Republican, uh, not Republicans, there's a general argument. I just sometimes get going real fast and my words come out. But here's the thing. There's a general argument that a lot of prominent pastors have made across the country that they want to stay neutral on the issue of politics. That as pastors, they want to be apolitical. Let any of your followers, any of the sheep under your care, say whatever they want, vote however they want generally. Tell them that we're pro-life. Tell them that we generally believe there's a man and a woman. Maybe unless it's too controversial. But just realize that the most important thing is the gospel. And you can step back from having an opinion on these political issues. And pastors like David Platt have been very prominently pushing this message. Tim Keller has pushed this message. People who I've respected for other works they've done, books they've written, publications they've made, theological revelation that I think they brought to those of us who are Christians, but their position on this issue seemed disjointed, inconsistent, and I would say in many ways it seemed like they were unwilling to admit a reality that I thought was the case and I think polling shows, which is that if somebody in your congregation is consistently telling you, oh, I am a Democrat, to act like that's not an issue at all is, I think, in I think it's naive or ignorant. Now, there are Republicans who are voting Republican who are in church who literally reject the gospel, okay? But there are far more Democrats, and both of those numbers have to be recognized, that these decisions on who you vote for cannot be completely separated from your life. And by the way, I bet you this is true outside of just church. I bet you this is true about family values, how you treat people around you, the decisions you make economically, the businesses you participate in, all of these things can't be separated from fundamental decisions we make about who we think should lead the policy direction of our nation and city and county and state. Ultimately, and I'm just going to read y'all a couple of my conclusions from this piece, and this is how we're going to wrap up today. If you are somebody who listens to my show on a regular basis and you're not a believer, which I know from just several people I know and feedback we've gotten, like there are unbelievers that listen to this show. So I will say that there's probably things I'm saying that are a little uncomfortable to y'all, 
Um, and I understand that. This is what I believe. I believe it very strongly. And I think it is a hopeful message. Uh, and if any of you want to talk further about this, feel free to reach out to me on LukeMacias.com. I will have any conversation with any of y'all, regardless of your beliefs. But here's my conclusion. We should not neglect the issues of culture in our churches, regardless of how uncomfortable it is for church leaders. I would argue that this poll helps us see how we can't divorce one's political decisions from the theological views the data shows they potentially hold. Ultimately, our hope is in the cross. No political figure or party will save our nation or our souls. While this is true, it is naive to assume that the political views and the decision of who to vote for are neutral decisions for the church. To conclude, I'd like to go beyond what a poll can tell us, although the conclusions of this polling data lead me to be very concerned. Allowing these issues to be addressed in the church could be fostered in several ways. One is don't avoid the current cultural issues when the biblical text is relevant in addressing them and make room for boldly and lovingly dealing with these issues from the pulpit. I was encouraged several months ago when a pastor of one of the largest churches in my city decided to take several weeks to preach on these difficult topics. Ed Newton with Community Bible Church lovingly proclaiming what the Bible says about gender is the kind of sermon we should be increasingly uh, that should be increasingly present in our pulpit. Encourage book studies or Sunday schools to equip believers on these topics. One example of this it would be that at my church uh, one of our men's book studies this year was For the Body, which is one of the first Protestant amplifications of John Paul II's extended commentary on the theology of the body. Books like this equip Christians on what the positive message of truth is regarding many of these issues. Share this poll with your fellow church leaders and pastors. I by no means have all the answers, but truly believe that if men and women in the church will open their eyes to truth before us, we can more boldly and lovingly equip one another to be salt and light to a world that is increasingly darkening. As a Lutheran, I can appreciate that voting recommendations don't fit into the traditional liturgy, and I believe the biggest problem in our churches today is a lack of gospel proclamation and application, not political participation. It's sobering when the gospel is purely presented and some who have been attending church their entire lives say they have truly heard the truth of who Christ is and what he accomplished on the cross for the first time. However, the reality, that reality cannot lead us into a politically neutral fantasy where a pursuit of comfort over for church leadership and we strive for unity at the expense of truth while souls languish for lack of faithful biblical instruction, instruction that will even shape who they vote for. I really appreciate y'all. I hope that you've learned a little bit today, and I hope that election goes well and that our conversations in the future are about what we're going to do with the significant Republican majority we have in the state of Texas. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.